This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, once again, is Colin Stevens. Hey, gamers. In the flesh. Sam Claiborne is here. Hey, Colin's gamers. <laughs> and Justin Davis, apparently reporting from a 10 out of 10 snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, all the power lines around me are buried, though, so I should be able to be here for the full hour. But okay. yeah, full-on blizzard conditions. Hopefully, Our yeah. highest score. Yeah, oh. masterpiece. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have to be visited by the spirit of Justin Davis. Once again this week, <laughs> we do have a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Octopath Traveler 2, which by the time you uh, watch or listen to this, iGen's review will be out, and uh, both Colin and I have been playing that. And we'll be sharing our favorite video game cameos, which is a very fun segment that I'm very excited about. But first, mm-hmm. Justin has something he'd like to share with the class. Yeah, uh, we've just been getting dozens and dozens of people beating down the doors asking for updates. What's the latest? We need an update um, on um, on Avatar Watch. And I'm happy to report that Avatar The Way of Water has grossed $2.2 billion at the global box office. And as of the time that you're reading this right now, it should just be surpassing Titanic to become the third highest grossing movie of all time. Okay, I regret giving what? you the butt first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Avatar it, Watch. Titanic Everybody, is in theaters right now, though. So do you think it's going to come yeah. back up over Avatar 2? It's $650 million at the domestic box, box office, Damon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. James, Jim Cameron. Okay. Bet against him at your peril. I wish we'd gone with the original plan to <laughs> toss you in the middle of 20 questions. <laughs> Wait, so doesn't that, that means that three of the top four grossing movies of all time are James Cameron? Is that... What's the, what's the third one then also? Well, there's Avatar, Titanic, oh, and, and Avatar the, the two mm-hmm. Avatars, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Wild. I, I, I don't really remember Titanic too well, and I saw a trailer for that it you know, back in theaters. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not interested in seeing it either, but uh, I thought it was funny that the soundtrack music has the same, like, uh, flute that's in, like, um, basically the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack. Well, mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds really similar, and it's, you know, they're kind of filmed around that same time, and I don't know if it's the Enya influence or what, but it's great. I woke up. Damon just wants to stop talking about this <laughs> so, so much. No, I woke up this no, morning. I got Lord of the Rings in there. I woke up this morning with a, with a fantastic idea for a game. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. tactics. And you use the fellowship. You have the fellowship, and each one has like their own sort of specialties. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I love you know, it. Battles, the problem battles, with battles that is that the hobbits are all useless. No, yeah. no, no, but what happens is Sam can carry Frodo and then they like Voltron up into like a more powerful form. Sam and Frodo form. aren't useless. Mary and Pippin are until they are, you know. They can throw rocks. Given, yeah. Or Fool of a, a, a pan. They can hit they have for to, the pan. They have to be on top of Treebeard <laughs> to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's it. like Final Fantasy 1. By the end of the game, though, they, they have this crazy level up into a different class. And one of them becomes, you know, a, a squire of, of Rohan. Yeah. <laughs> the other becomes a, a, mm-hmm. a yeah. guardian of, of Gondor. And then, then they're useful. Well, the so you biggest, just yeah. carry them until they're like the black belt in Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. The, the biggest That's like is, a well, uh, um, Gandalf. Yeah. Going from gray to white. Yeah. 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 Easy to Spoilers. Easy. easy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, exactly. What is it? It's a Boromir, Boromir who goes from uh, warrior to dead. <laughs> Zombie Boromir comes back in the yeah, last act. He, all, of his, all of his stats just get transposed to uh, Faramir. So you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they um, Lord of the Rings is owned by Embracer Group now. So something like that could actually be yeah, possible. Let's do it. Embracer Group. That's I know the um, CEO, the head of Embracer Group. Big fan of the show. So let's make it happen. Lord of the Rings <laughs> tactics. I'm available as a consultant. Yeah. Okay, Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, a game that's coming out soon, next week, but our review is out now by Seth Macy. Check it out. Colin, I don't know about you, but I like it. I do too. I've been <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying my time with it. My first impression was that, well, this feels very familiar. <laughs> yeah. It feels very much like the first one. I played a lot of the first one, but I never finished it, and I haven't touched it since then. So maybe, I'm, maybe there's like uh, quality of life improvements in this one that I just don't pick up on. Mm. It feels very, very similar to the first one to me so far. I chose Throne, the thief mm. character to start out with. Who'd you, who did you choose? Uh, oh my gosh. Her- Hiraku? Uh, something along those lines? Oh God, I'm going to be so mad at myself. It's the sort of uh, like samurai prince. Mm. Okay. Uh, and cool. it, it, the entire time I was playing his opening one, because if you, if you don't know, there's they characters and you can choose which one to start as. Um, his definitely felt like it was supposed to be the beginning of the game to me. And so I'm curious, like, how some of the others, like, sort of feel when you jump into them first. Hmm. But you do get a sort of, you get the choice every time you encounter a new character if you want to just sort of start their story from the beginning or not. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. You can skip that if you want to, or you can sort of get the whole story every time. And so I've done it for two characters now. And uh, his was much cooler than the second one I got. The second one was like the the merchant okay. guy. And he was, it's an interesting story, but um, so it definitely wasn't like as epic. Sure. Yeah. I started with the thief and then I met um, Oswald, who's a, a, a scholar, basically a magic user, basically. Mm. And his, his story is actually really cool too. Mm. So game's very pretty. It's the same 2DHD art style. And I, I think there's a, 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 
soft backlash out there happening against 2D HD. But I think it looks what? great. I'm playing. Is I, there? I, I think so. Huh. I, someone wrote into GameStop actually saying that they just don't get it. They don't like it at all. Interesting. Um, and actually, I've seen some posts from some pixel artists who don't like this style for whatever reason. But I'm playing on PS5. It looks great. I wouldn't call it blurry at all, like mm-hmm. some people have said. I, I think, it has I think ray it, tracing on PS5. That's it has not ray a joke. tracing. And I think the water looks really good. I'm surprised. <laughs> like, like, I want to dive into this pixel art water. It looks so good. You know, the, mm-hmm. the HD2D that they've got going on, Octopath was the first one that they used it with. And now, since then, they've done it on what, Triangle, Triangle Strategy, strategy on mm-hmm. Live Alive. Live Live. Uh, and now they're back to this one, and obviously, like the first time I saw it in the first Octopath, I was like, "This is gorgeous! I want every 2D RPG mm-hmm. to be used in this from now on." And they've kind of started going in that direction. And I think this, like, somehow, it has gotten more and more beautiful every time. And I think mm-hmm. that, like, side by side, if you compare this to the first game, like initially, like they look very similar, but like just tiny little touches. I feel like the little blur that they've got going on and like the mm-hmm. foreground and the background, it's just been like fine tuned. Mm-hmm. It was like a little bit over the top in the first game and like everything's just gorgeous and the effects that they've got going on. And I'm just playing on Switch, so it's not yeah. like heavy duty, like horsepower going on or anything, but it just looks yeah. so good. It looks really cool. I like the no battle. Ray tracing. And no, ray tracing. No ray tracing. Um, What's I'm going to coin a... I played Live Alive last year. I really, really liked Live Alive. And it, it's kind of the root of these series. You don't choose a character or they all come together. And I'm going to coin a term. I'm going to call these Live Alikes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. I'll I was it. thinking about calling them Chrono Trigger likes or cr- taking it back to Chrono Trigger. But you don't choose your characters in Chrono Trigger. You just play as different ones and learn their little stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is more like Final Fantasy. They, I mean, I haven't played Octopath 2 yet, but I think that you're exactly spot on, Colin, in that they're not standing still with this graphical art style. You can even see in the trailers and the gameplay footage, like they're innovating in terms of uh, camera movements and camera yeah, angles totally. and effects. And, you know, it, it, I just I'm excited and energized to see that this visual style isn't just kind of one like well okay here's the style this is what it looks like now but like continuing to kind of find ways to push the envelope and uh and uh change up their presentation a little bit even within this same sort of hd 2d style i want to see action games in this style and i think 3d dot game heroes was a little bit like this Hmm. um and that worked really well so like yeah zelda likes like this like tunic plus this style would be really really like we just saw the battle, the effects in battle, and like when you defeat enemies, it just looks really, really nice. Yeah, uh, I like the battle system. It's very similar to the first one. I call it a bide your time battle system because mm. you every every enemy has several weaknesses. You need to find their weaknesses, exploit them. If you attack them with their what they're weak against enough times, you'll break them, which basically stuns them, and they'll take more damage from whatever they're weak against. And I forget the term that they use for it, but each turn you like earn extra attacks that you can build up and spend. And I think mm-hmm. you can spend up to spend up to three yeah. at once. So it's about biding your time, yeah. breaking them, and then spending all three while they're broken to get max damage. That's I like cool. It. This one, yeah. yeah. And then there's also a they you can now switch from day to night yeah. at will, which is a very video mm-hmm. game thing to allow <laughs> you to do. And then the characters mm-hmm. have different abilities during day and night. Like the thief can steal from people during the day, which I think is very fun mm. to just walk up to people <laughs> and steal their stuff. And at night, she can knock them out, sneak past them. That's, mm. I feel like that's backwards. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see that too. Um, it's, it's, it's weird to me because I feel like it was like a year, maybe even two years ago, that Square announced that they were going to use HD2D for Dragon Quest III mm-hmm. to remake it. Yeah. And like, I feel like they've been able to sort of crank out these games pretty quickly and usually you know remakes and remasters go faster because you know there's a base there yeah so i'm just like 
curious, where the heck is that game? Yeah, you know? I've been wondering that, about that one too. And the other thing I wanted to point out is, in, I was, we just saw in some of the footage here, some of the boss battles against human enemies, <clears throat> the enemies will appear gigantic on the yeah, screen, yeah. even though they're not yeah. gigantic. It's just like a really cool like visual way to represent, like, yeah. this is a very powerful yeah. human enemy that you're fighting against. Yeah, Live um, Alive does that too. And that, that's been a thing, like it used to be a running joke in like every MMO, where like if you'd fight a raid boss, it was some huge, like huge, <laughs> massive boss. And like, I used to like kind of poke fun at that too until I, you know, I was listening to an interview or something where they're like, that's not like, that's there for gameplay reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. If like a whole party of people are beating up on like one character, <laughs> you can't have them be human sized or it wouldn't make any sense. And yeah. so I, you know, I, I do understand it, but it definitely makes for something striking looking. That's cool. One of my pet peeves when I was younger playing JRPGs, because a lot of times you'll like fight someone and then they end up like coming onto your party, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I always hated that like, you know, they had to be a boss, so they had to have like much more HP than your character did. Yeah. And then suddenly oh, yeah. they're like way yeah, weaker they're just... when they're part of your team. <laughs> they get nerfed to the ground, yeah. It has well, to sometimes happen. Sometimes they appear that. as their, their like bigger form too, like yeah. some tough, like big mm-hmm. buff boss, and then they become their little chibi figure when they mm-hmm. come on your team without HP. I think yep. that's, that's the power of the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm enjoying Octopath Traveler 2. I, will, I'll, I'll keep, I don't know if I'll finish it, but I'll keep playing for a while. Sam, do you have any updates on Metroid Prime Remastered? Yeah, by this the time this episode's up, I will have given it a 10 out of 10. On oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Fixing, fixing the right that was once wrong with the 9.8 <laughs> score. I don't actually think that. I think that's a really fun score, and I love that. But yeah, it's better than the original. It's the Best game you can buy this year so far, no question. I, I, it's just unbelievable. I saw. The, I think it's the best single player campaign ever made, and uh, you can uh, first person shooter campaign. I mean, uh, and you can say that now because there's no more arguing about how this is a first. This is more of a first person adventure because the shooting is like different. It doesn't like no no no. It just plays exactly like Call of Duty or Halo or whatever now, except you can lock on still. But yeah. All the all the control stuff has been remedied. It's just fantastic. And you know what's really fun about this game? No one says a word. No <laughs> talking. And as long as they can't talk, Samus like you know gets hit. And you can hear her say stuff like "owie," basically. Ow. She really, <laughs> Ow. But um, you know, it, it's because there's no one to talk to. There's no one to patch in and be like, you should really aim up and to the left. <laughs> In space, hey, no have you tried tried this yeah. with your morph ball? Yeah, Samus, you got to check behind the waterfall. <laughs> yeah, and then there's not a conversation at the end of the game. It's just, you find, I love that. You're just alone. It, there's a bunch of monsters, and you've got to figure out what's going on on this planet. And there's really fun world building and stuff that happens, though. Like, you start reading, like, the spa- space pirate emails at some point, and they're like, yo, Samus got to the planet. We got to do something. And then they, like, all start just freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. There's stuff like that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, and like the world just makes sense as like a you know as a character of its own of this like lost civilization, and then like the space pirates doing science on it. It's so good. But this game, guys, it looks so amazing. That's what I, I can't ask believe you about. how good it looks. Yeah. Nothing does it justice as much as putting it on a 1080 or higher screen television and just being in awe. I mean, Breath of the Wild looks amazing. Metroid Fusion, uh, not Fusion, uh, Dread, Dread looks amazing too. This looks just like that. Let's just like, whoa, I can't believe what Nintendo can do internally with their stuff. Yeah. Also, by the way, Fire Emblem Engage, that game looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible cutscenes, stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's, 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 but yeah, this is, it's, it's just, it, it's, there's so, I can't think of a flaw to point out. 
You know, like it, it's just it's just what I want to play all the time. And I and I played through it again, maybe the fourth or fifth time, hundred um, percented, did the whole thing. I couldn't put it down. I just wanted to do nothing but play that game. A GameSoup fan said that um, uh, Metroid Prime was the best looking game on the GameCube, and now it's the best looking game on <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Do you agree with that? <clears throat> What would be the contenders? I'd have to like review what I'm on, thinking. On Switch on, or GameCube? Yeah. On Switch. On, on yeah. Switch. Yeah. I mean, GameCube has Wind Waker, right? Which is like amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, if best you looking like, Switch really games. Stylized stuff. I guess you could make arguments. Mm-hmm. Like something like Octopath Traveler Two looks really good because it's highly stylized. But yeah. like, but in terms of like Metroid's a, going a for like 3D. a pretty realistic-ish. I, I mean, Dread. Dread looked amazing, right? It did look really totally good. true. Yeah, you got that uh, like the Xeno Saga. That game was pretty yeah. visually impressive on the uh, Switch. I would need to think about it. I still think that Mario Odyssey is one of the best looking games on the Switch. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really good. It just has like and it's sharp and it looks great. Mm. It does what it does. Sometimes I think of like how corny New Donk City looks. I'm like, well, mm. but then you the know, Donkey Kong part of it looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a um, another contender would probably be Luigi's Mansion Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah that's true. I have such a yeah, hard time I, I w- believing. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be hard to make the other argument. This is the best looking Switch game. Yeah. It's just not. Like it's everything. Like when you're going through these hallways and like e- e- there's all these little points of reflection, and then a bug goes by and illuminates them all. It's just like they're using all the tech that everybody's using in their whatever their 4K games. It's just like this game has an amazing sense of style and art, and mm. and it just works for it. It's just it's incredible. It's not cartoony either. It's like sharp looking. Really I, I can't believe it's running on a Switch. Yeah. Like, it, if you told me this was like for the successor to the Switch, I'd be like, yeah. This would be like the yeah, Switch looks, Pro launch game or something. Yeah, that looks yeah. that looks mm-hmm. right. And like, I it, I don't know when Metroid Prime Four is going to come out. I, I maybe next year. I, I think it's nah. possible next year. <laughs> Probably. Seth's the year predicting for that. this year. If you listen to NBC this week, he did a oh. whole segment like direct to camera on it. And I will say one thing that I went into depth with on that episode that I won't go into in this. So tune into that episode. But the credits for this game are, first of all, they don't credit the original yeah. developers, which is Ooh. bad. So I put them, I, I had them transcribed and put in our wiki so I could link to oh. them, which I thought was nice. nice. But um, we, uh, uh, the, the, they are split up into a huge amount of developers. A ton of third-party developers work on this game. So it's like Retro on the top, Nintendo on the bottom, and then in between it's like this studio in this country, this studio in this country, like with like a couple of names under each one. So that means one of two things I mentioned before. Either it's being, uh, Nintendo's figured out a really cool way to like kind of do a bunch of companies that work on a game and get it out, right, to kind of like make things faster or more efficient. Or that, and another thing I might mean, it could be and or, is that Metroid Prime 4 is like totally being worked on by you know, retro and like they were able to accomplish this because they lightly directed it and it was outsourced a lot, which is like a cool mm-hmm. thought too. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, 10 out of 10, that's awesome. Is that the first 10 you've given Sam? Yeah, and in fact, I gave the two Metroids ago, Samus Returns an eight, and I gave mm-hmm. Dread a nine, so this is just. So logical. Prime 4 is going to get an 11? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, we've given out be off the 11, the spinal, <laughs> the spinal Tap. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. 
And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Right. Yep. Okay, uh, some news this week. Ubisoft confirmed it will be at E3, and this comes with a hilarious qualifier to me. If it happens. <laughs> so Oh, what a, what a sick burn. <laughs> if it happens. Yves Guimot, CEO of Ubisoft, said, if E3 happens, we will be there, and we will have a lot of things to show. Mm. Bear in mind, E3 2023 is supposed to take place four months from now, mm. and the CEO yeah. of Ubisoft isn't sure it's going to happen. Hey, Damon, I'll show up to your birthday party if it happens. If it happens. <laughs> that almost sounds like threatening right there. This is amazing to yeah. me. Yeah. I think it would, could sound encouraging, though. You could just be like, hey, if you have a birthday party, I'll be there. That's a nice thing to say yeah. to somebody. He's the CEO of maybe the biggest video game company. And he's the biggest not sure it's like, if this yeah. event that's supposed to take place in four months is going to happen. I don't, it's weird. That, and like, Ubisoft is like pretty ride or die for E3. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, don't know I just hope it happens, but it happens at like medieval times across the street from the convention Ooh. center, and then Ubisoft has to be there. Is there really a medieval times? Because they the said I don't like think there's a medieval times. Nope. Oh. I was gonna say that would be like the weirdest <laughs> spot. There is. There, 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 there is, is an no ESPN way. zone. Okay. Yeah, there's like a there's like a there there totally was in medieval times. If there isn't That's right so now, funny. there was one. We'll hold the we'll hold E three at the conga room. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Trader Vic spinoff. Not bad. Uh, I think the one, there's only one in Buena Park in LA. There's not one in downtown. Maybe LA. there was like a medieval themed something else, like a pizza place or something. We used to make fun of it at E3. They'll we, we, have E3 pizza. at a California Pizza Kitchen. That's going to be E3 2024. It's CPK. California Pizza Kitchen. Anyway, <laughs> E3. Like, we were talking a couple episodes ago how you know, we, we've had a report on IGN how Microsoft. Sony and Nintendo are all expected to not go to E3. Mm. Ubisoft saying it will be at E3 if E3 happens is amazing to me. I don't. I don't know. Sam, you, I don't. I don't understand the implication. Like, is that is that him throwing shade, or is that the CEO just not like you know? Because this is on an investor call, right? Well, but I, think I he has I, to say. I almost take it as him. Like Maybe immediately that after involved. that investor call, yeah, he got somebody on the phone. It's like, yo, like, is there any three this year? Like, are we like? <laughs> no, I think he's on the phone with the organizers of E three constantly, and they're, they're and and the conversation now is who's going to be there? Will be there if somebody else is going to be there? So they have to get somebody to say, hey, yeah. we're in if there's an E three, so they can get anybody to be like, well, Ubisoft will be there. That's how you got to get the party started. It's how the, the the birthday party. Well, who else is there? The cool yeah, there's there's a lot of people coming. They're all on their way. Yeah. 
E3 is a very negative takes on birthday parties in this group. (laughs) E3 will be over four months from today when this is being recorded. No publishers have been confirmed to attend. Ubisoft is the first one to say publicly that they will be there with this huge qualifier Mm. if it happens. Anyway, we don't need to spend that much more time on this. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Well, I just uh, personally am very heartbroken that like E3 either... (laughs) I don't know, might not happen this year, like, uh, question mark. Um, it'll, it'll probably happen. Uh, but if it, do, if it does, it's not going to be anything like, you know, the, the golden years, clearly, without the big three. Yeah. And, like, I've never been to E3. Mm. I've watched from home yeah. for well over a decade. <clears throat> I love E3. I love the, the energy, the vibes, the announcements, we everything. Too. We do, too. And I was actually, I was supposed to go to E3 in 20, was 2018 the last year Sony had a mm. press conference? I, I remember so. the last year they had a conference. Okay, so I was supposed to go to that one. I was with a smaller site. And then I got brought on to IGN as a, as a freelancer, mm. which was great. And generally speaking, freelancers don't go to like big events and stuff. Um, but, you know, I was like, okay, well, career, I should probably, you know, go with, go with this. And so I decided to, to move, to move and on and, and do IGN and all that stuff. And so I just, way before the show happened, I let them know. said, hey, sorry, I won't be able to go to E3 with you guys. You know, so here's, you know, X amount of months to replace me for interviews and stuff. Apparently, they weren't able to, like, replace me at PlayStation's press conference. So PlayStation's final E3 press conference. And I'm Mm. watching from home. They're in the front row, and there is an empty seat. Because apparently they weren't <laughs> actually able to replace me. Well, so I could see my own empty seat at E3 while I'm sitting seat? at home. Was, it, was there like a co- colleague sitting next to it? Yeah, the, those, the two okay. or three other people who were okay. going to be there were wow. sitting right That's there. That's so sad. I know. And so I was just like, oh. wow. Yeah, wow. That's if a, if I you mean, watch Colin. that video, and like, there's a swooping like intro, because it was the weird E3 where they like started in a barn, and then they went to like a yes. big... Oh, that, uh, was, that was already not E3. That was just a Sony presence in Los Angeles That's true. show. Yeah. So normally they and, wouldn't like and, focus on the crowd very much, but they did because they were like showing that they transitioned and everything. And yeah. I can just see it right there, like right in the front row. Um, so if you watch oh. that video, there's, uh, there's where I was supposed to be. <laughs> wow. They also, I don't want to, I don't want to rub salt in the wound, Colin. But Sony traditionally had pretty good food trucks outside of their E3 press <laughs> conference. Pretty, some pretty, pretty decent finger foods out there. It's the several years I went. You know, I was probably at home eating like goldfish. So yeah, about the same, about the same thing. Yeah, one yeah. of the years. Um, you, we should, we should put you in there as a force ghost. Yeah. <laughs> with like, a, with like a rat tail, Hayden, and you're just like Hayden smiling. And me in there. Yeah, yeah that would be fun. <laughs> One of the years, I don't remember which year it was, at the end of the show, like, uh, they didn't, like, shuffle people out. They had, like, kiosks up for people to play games. And then a DJ started playing, and people started milling about. But the DJ was Mixed Master Mike, the Beastie Boys DJ. Oh, and I was, like, the only one there who, like, knew who that was. And I was like, oh, my God! What? <laughs> like, I just saw this awesome PlayStation conference, and now Mixed Master Mike is playing a show for me? Oh, my God. You see weird stuff. I mean, this is not on the level of Mixmaster Mike. It's not nearly as cool, but like 25% as cool is just like in the corner at Bethesda one year, Blink-182 was playing. Mm, yeah. Just in the corner. <laughs> it's Blink-182 just, in the corner. That's like, please keep it down. I'm trying to play the Elder Scrolls uh, card game. <laughs> yeah. Was that Elder Scrolls Legends? Is that still being supported? Yeah. That's still no. out there? I don't know. Maybe nobody knows. I mean, they've announced discontinuation of support for like eighty-seven thousand live service games over the last week. So, yeah, I doubt it. 
In any case, that will be the that will not be the last time I mention the Beastie Boys this episode. <laughs> oh. Now I know what Ooh. you're all foreshadowing. <laughs> what you're all thinking is he gonna do it is he going to say it is it time is it happening <laughs> dear viewers scoop nation my promise to you is that when the week comes that nintendo does not <laughs> dump a pile of shovelware on the eShop, i will not do this segment but that is not this week <laughs> so in any case it is time for the nintendo seal of quantity which is your assurance that no one at nintendo is paying any attention to what's being published on the eShop. They're all too busy nope. with their Metroid Prime remasters, getting Octopath Traveler 2 looking nice in the eShop, and no one else is paying attention to all this other stuff that's just being <clears throat> flooded onto there. We have, we, have, we have three good ones, three good selections this week. And this first one is very special. It might be the longest game title we've shared yet on Nintendo. Oh, boy. Seal of Quantity. Do you, do you think there's a limit? I mean... <laughs> a text limit? If, yeah. If there is, they have to be pushing it with this one. This one not only does it have a very long name, but when Tom brings up this art, I think the inspiration for this game will become clear. This game is called Deep Space Action Fire Sci-Fi Game 2023 Shooter Strike Simulator Alien Death Ultimate Games. Wow. That was the tiniest of dicks I have ever seen. <laughs> now, listeners, this game, Deep Space... How, do yourself a favor and, and just look up the key art. It will remind you of another game mm. that was just remade very recently mm. that also has space mm. in the title. It's very close. Deep Space Action Fire Sci-Fi Game 2023 Shooter Strike Simulator Alien Death Ultimate Games. <laughs> the description reads, Deep Space is a scary survival game. The action takes place on a spaceship and you are the main character. The game oh, starts well. when the protagonist wakes up in a sarcophagus, <laughs> huh. which is an interesting Whoa. choice of words, and tries to understand what happened. Now, to be fair, if I woke up in a sarcophagus, I'd be looking for some <laughs> answers, too. Damon, I, you know, is our, it's important that I understand that I'm the main character of this game. You are the main character in this game. Mm. Good. Look at the heads-up display is giving you a tip. It says, warning. Destroy all escaped bio creatures and go further. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which should be farther, mm. I think, in this case. Mm. Um, the description continues during his exp exploration, he is in search of ammunition, health reserves, and nodes, which are used to upgrade his okay. suit. The exact term yeah, that's, that's used in another game. Mm -hmm. During his exploration, he meets a multitude of monsters in the rooms that he must defeat in order to open the next one. He also meets the main monster, which is the most difficult to defeat. Sure. <laughs> oh, piano bed. That's so it sounds like you just go so from room to room, defeat the monsters, mm -hmm. and go to the next room. And the third part of the game is the escape from the damaged ship by means of a smaller ship. But not everything is, that, <laughs> is as easy as it seems, as the protagonist is prevented by something from doing this. And you can Wait, find out. So, the Damon, <laughs> is the ship that you escape from the same size as the ship that you're on? No, you escape from by means of a smaller ship. Uh, okay, 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 good. Thank you. And you can find out the end of this tense story only by trying the game. So I'm not going to give away everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because looking at this, like clearly it's ripping off one specific big game that mm -hmm. was just remade recently. Mm -hmm. and also has space in the name. Mm -hmm. uh, the monsters all look a little bit Doom-ish. Like it feels yeah. like it has some Doom vibes. And that. then the entire, like the description of like escaping, it just sounds like it's ripping off Metroid right there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's just like, wow, it's really just going for all of the sort of vaguely... 
yeah. horror sci-fi things. It's going for something. That, my friends, is Deep it's Space for something. Action Fire Sci-Fi Game 2023 Shooter Strike Simulator Alien Death Ultimate Games. Mm. Our next cool. selection this week is called Falling Elevator Hyper Casual Demolish <laughs> Escape Survival Game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and I'm just noticing this now. In in our key art here, what is the, the giant green X and then the I? What what are those? Elevator parts. Mm. I don't know. Like the the one on the left might be a Joy-Con, but I don't know what the big X is supposed to be. A D-pad. Also, in the mm. middle, there's the elevator with the people inside, and then there's another elevator that's just flying mm-hmm. off the screen upside down. And the how are the people still standing on the ground? I can explain down? that They're one. They're fine. Uh, it's it's the same asset. <laughs> yeah. It's the exact same asset. Just This is Falling Elevator, Hyper Casual Demolish Escape Survival Game. There are those same symbols again. So experience the adrenaline rush of Falling Elevator in this heart-pounding game. Can you survive the drop? Welcome in Falling Elevator, which is a casual, unique game. Have you ever been stuck in an elevator? Well, if no, be ready for what's worse. Besides the fact you're stuck there with a few people, the escalator is falling. No. Oh. Huh. Your mission is to save yourself and others, and for this, you need to get down safely the elevator. How does an escalator fall? I, you know, unclear. Huh. It just, just becomes stairs. <laughs> that one is Falling Elevator, Hyper Casual Demolish Escape Survival Game. Our last Do you think game... it's like... What's that? Uh, I don't even want it. Never mind. I don't okay. even want to get into it. Okay. Our last pick this week... Um, the, the, the title is, isn't, is a little bit less impressive, but the description, I think, is pretty A+. So this is Sniper Strike 3D Secret Elite Mission Warfare Ghost Squad. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Jesus. the description here, I, I really like this. It says, Sniper Strike 3D is an amazing story game where you have to fight against a lot of villains, save innocent people, and bring justice. Various types of weapons will help you hone your skills with pleasure. Completing many interesting missions. Be careful, because the opponents will also have their own snipers who will not give you a chance to win. Therefore, our game is one of the best. Oh. <laughs> Kill the man with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the end, like, our games is one of the best. It feels like them giving Therefore, themselves, like, a score at the end of their own, in, like, in conclusion, <laughs> In conclusion, 10 out of 10, just as good as Metroid Prime Remastered. Our game is one of the best. Sniper Strike 3D, Secret Elite Mission Warfare Ghost Squad. Look at the fake Chase Bank there. Yeah, Chass. Chass. I want to see, can we go back to the first screenshot? Screenshot or the... the... Yeah, one more, one more over, right there. Should we, should we kill the robbers that have a blue briefcase? No, the red briefcase. No, only, Mm. nope, only the ones with the red briefcases, please ignore the other robbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, cool. Okay, that was Nintendo Seal of Quantity. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listen, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Big Tony Style. <laughs> Big Tony Style. It's been a minute since we've heard from Big Tony Style. Ooh. Congratulations on welcoming oh. little Tony Style into the world recently. Big Tony. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Papa Tony Style. He says, with the recent shadow drops of Hi-Fi Rush and Metroid Prime Remake and the Game Boy and GBA releases, most people seem pretty excited about it, myself included. I find myself in a position where I went out, snap purchased, or downloaded all of them. But I've only started a playthrough of Minish Cap, thanks in part to time spent tending to Little Tony style. 
That said, these seem to be benefiting from dropping out of nowhere, and it makes me wonder if publishers are taking notice, and this may be a trend we start to see more of in the future. Do you prefer the out of nowhere shadow drop, or do you like early announcements that allow you to track a game's development cycle to build up hype? Mm. What would be your ideal timeline from announcement to release? Mm. Good I question. Mean, our opinions are totally skewed on this. Like, do you know how bad it sucked to have to review Metroid <laughs> in like the shortest time span possible because there's no, you know, length of time to uh, evaluate it. It just has yeah. like get it up, get it up, get it up. That's no fun at all. Same thing. Neither like is it fun to cover it in any other way from a guide standpoint or any other thing we do. It's really fun as a, as a fan though. I have a I have a unique take on this, okay. which is I I really I strongly dislike like you know Nintendo being like are we gonna make another Mario game I don't know like we're not we're not we don't have any announced projects that are Mario it's like come on like I like and I've mentioned this on the show before like uh, Bioware being like yeah we're making another Mass Effect yeah, and we're making another Dragon Age and you know you'll hear from us in five years but yeah we're working on it like yep. I, I I actually really respect that of like you know like we're still like I feel like that's an opportunity for them to have their cake and eat it too where they still get to have the big bombastic like hyped reveal of the game without sort of like you know literally in some cases lying to people of like no we're not working on it and then it's revealed next month and it's like well okay like <laughs> I, I don't i don't appreciate that so i i like the very very early announcement and then hold it as long as you want and then you know when you have something cool to show off show that off i i like kind of the cadence that nintendo's gotten into this generation with the exception of uh tears of the kingdom and metroid mm. prime 4 mm. it feels like generally speaking they'll release a game within a year of announcing that game. I feel like there's been very yeah. few exceptions to that in this generation. Uh, and I like that. I feel like they, they give themselves enough time to sort of show off games and, and for people to get like adequately hyped in most cases. In, in some cases, uh, it has felt like maybe there's almost too many games coming out from them and they haven't quite given them the focus that they need. Hmm. But I think like the single like announcement to release like perfect window, I think I've seen maybe ever for myself was the uh we're talking about metroid a lot this episode okay. the metroid dread announcement to release it was it was a very short time period it was announced in june released in i, I think october, october I wanna say. and so that's like what uh july like four months nobody knows yeah, yeah. uh that's that's great and they they really like promoted the heck out of that game and i didn't get like too tired of it it was enough time for me to get super excited and for people to like learn about the game and it was the best selling metroid games but i mean it had the switch bumps so that wasn't necessarily the yeah. reason but for me that was like a, a perfect amount of time because then that like on the other side of the spectrum there's something like final fantasy 16 which uh, you always assume is going to come at some point eventually but you know i've been waiting for that game since final fantasy 15 and they've been talking about that game since final fantasy 15 and it feels like i've had that game yeah. on my mind for so long and like now that it's coming out in uh, four months, yeah, like it's just like, is it? Is it really? <laughs> you know? But I don't know. It's it's always just weird. Yeah, we don't know a lot about it. it I, the worst case scenario is if something is announced, then it has to get canceled, or if something really bad happens to its development, like Metro Prime Four, where they just yeah. restarted. So so I think there are some downsides to the really long tail. Yeah. But One, um, an example for me would be Perfect Dark. Like they yeah. announced that and then yeah. just just nothing for years, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like but- there's been some E3 press conferences that have done um, like everything you're going to see is going to be out in the next year. Mm-hmm. And like that's always kind of like hype. It's like, oh, because it's not stuff that's like years and years off. Mm-hmm. Some companies have done yeah. that before. That's that's always good. And well, and then there's like, I guess Xbox did that last year with their showcase. And they're like, everything will be out uh, within a year. Sure. And if we're getting close to that year yeah. and Starfield doesn't have a release date yet. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I guess, but like, but you know, but at least they're like making their, like if something's delayed, like, you know, whatever they, you know, it happens, but like they're making an honest effort to try to like, it's stuff on the near horizon. For yeah. sure. For sure. And I, I like those because it's, and Nintendo seems to have been doing that a lot recently too. Their last mm-hmm. direct, they said everything, almost everything yep. would be first half of this year. And that was mostly true. I think like Pikmin is maybe the only exception. Yeah, like August or something. Yeah. Yeah, there was some discussion in the uh, Facebook group, the Gamescape Facebook group, about wondering why we weren't hadn't been talking about Hi-Fi Rush, and some people mm-hmm. thought it might be a Damie game. But yeah, and it looks cool. I wanted to get to that uh, game. It's just like, when it dropped, I was still finishing up Dead Space. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't just going to like drop Dead Space and start playing that. And then I got Metro Prime Remastered. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to get Octopath Traveler 2, and I wanted to be able to talk about that on the show. So I think for me, a sh- for like a shadow drop mm-hmm. to work, it'd have to be, they'd have to shadow drop Perfect Dark. <laughs> then I would drop everything, yeah. or it would have to just arrive at a time when I'm in between games, which yeah. isn't very often for me. Yeah. Know? Is there any? Did anybody do any research on like a hist, like you know, the highest profile shadow dropped games? Um, because I did not. No, I didn't. Oh, I'm sure, man. it's PT. Uh, yeah, PT. Something I want to say, like maybe I'm completely making this up. I, Apex Legends might have been like, and it's available now. Be... That's actually a good guess. Yeah. I definitely the most high profile shadow dropped albums were two Beyonce albums, but you know, mm. besides that, that doesn't happen very much in that industry. It doesn't happen ever in the movie industry because there's too much like distributor <laughs> stuff. I guess with Netflix, yeah, Netflix can do it. Well, they can do it. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, it's a the good Cloverfield ta- one after so- Super Bowl. If only oh, it was like that was a good, good one. <laughs> yeah, but shadow drops are a- fun. I like them. I I, I think yeah. Hi Fi Rush is kind of like the best case scenario in the sense that like. You know, it looked cool, and I definitely got interested. And it's on Game Pass, so you can just go yeah. play it if you have Game Pass. And it ended up being like a really freaking good game, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so I, it's nice having that sort of mix of like, oh, here's stuff coming out in the future, but here's also something right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the calculus behind that—I I don't know what it was, but it was probably like they probably knew they had a very good game on their hands. But you know, it's a new IP. It's you know, so and it's a little bit hard to like if they followed the traditional press cycle of like, you know, we're going to let people do previews of it. Like very, very few people are going to click on a preview for a game called hi-fi rush. They don't know what it is. And then mm-hmm. every game outlet, and I'm not making fun of people for doing this. Cause like you have to find an angle to like get it over with your audience. Right. But every game angle would be like, it's this meets this. And like, yeah. it, it's just, so like by shadow dropping it, it gave that game. It's kind of moment. Where like it would have been lost in a sea of other you know good but like kind of hard to explain or market games and so I think that was probably pretty smart in hindsight. But that doesn't explain Prime Remastered. It's so confusing yeah. <laughs> why that was shadow dropped. I don't think it hurt or helped it or anything. It's just like what, what I mean. The only thing I can think of was like there were a lot of leaks about that game, just like mm-hmm. a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But like th- that could have <clears throat> influenced it a little bit. But like. It's just surprising. And, and a lot of times Nintendo shadow drops a game around the holidays. They did an NES remix that way. And uh, a Dr. Luigi was another one they did. Like mm-hmm. It was like on Christmas Day, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And like I, I like those ideas. when the, the, the Maybe Metroid was slated, slated for that and it was just you know, mm-hmm. delayed or something. Yeah. One of we'll, the, we'll never know. One of the big downsides of a shadow drop is 
sort of the distribution chain uh, part of it. Because uh, I, I ordered a physical version, and I'm happy to wait. Metro Prime. Yeah, I'm, I'm actively playing like four other games right now. <clears throat> um, so I can wait. But um, if I had nothing else to play, that would have been torture waiting for that physical game to show up because uh, the yeah. digital's right there. I could just do it. Yeah. But, you know, so, so for someone like me who prefers getting physical whenever I can, uh, I, it, it, that's, that's a little bit of a tough part of the equation. Mm-hmm. But um, That's pretty new, too, to drop a game digitally but not have the hard copy out until later yeah presumably to keep it a secret because mom and pop shops leak the crap out of stuff Mm. yeah yeah i think what's most common like you know going back to apex is like free-to-play stuff or like i i'm i think hi-fi rust can be purchased obviously but like most people are probably playing it through game pass so you know it's free to play adjacent um but uh, the other one that comes to mind for me is um, fallout shelter with shadow dropped at a bethesda press conference one year it was a really good one I was playing that. I, I have a very distinct memory of, you know, uh, w- sitting down watching all the press conferences happening that day, watching all of the sort of like preview coverage like that came out later throughout the day. And then like that night, just sort of like sinking hours into Fallout Shelter. That was a really fun game. Like it didn't have, eventually got to a point where it just d- was, was too much. It was not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like that was a great one, and that's a great one to sort of just like have on kind of mindlessly while you're watching the rest of E3 going on. It would, that would, that was a lot of fun. That was a good shadow drop. Okay, moving on. This is Sean Canny of Pleasant Grove, Utah. He says, "I appreciate all the mind-numbing gaming goodness you've spewed over the years. Game spew." Oh. <laughs> As you are the only video game podcast, I have listened to every episode from the days of Rob the Robot to Milk Bags. I'm the A to Z of Scoop Nation gaming lore. When I was 14, I became one of the few and proud owners of a Virtual Boy on Christmas morning, 1995. I was stunned by the 3D visuals and even took the manuals to school because I couldn't be parted from my new system during the day. About a year later, I ended up trading my Virtual Boy and seven Virtual Boy games for a Super Nintendo and a copy of Super Mario World 2 which I then proceeded to 100%. A fair trade, not for the sucker that got my Virtual Boy in return. Although I won that round in the game of life, I still regret trading my Virtual Boy. Wish I had kept this enigma in gaming history. With a desire to relive these classic games in 3D, I fired up a Virtual Boy emulator on my MetaQuest 2. Yes, Sam, you can emulate A million people wrote me after saying you can't emulate the Virtual Boy about this. And I began playing Galactic Pinball. To my surprise, while playing, I stumbled on an Easter egg where Samus shows up mid-game in her gunship. In this mini-game, you take control of Samus' ship and shoot enemies Galaga-style while the Metroid theme song serenades you in the background. So my question is, did you know, did you know about that game, mini-game, Sam? Well, you played that game at my house once when I had the Virtual Boy set up. And I, I didn't know about show the mini-game. Mini game. <clears throat> I didn't know about it. Yeah, that, that's really funny. So he says, my question is, what are your favorite video game cameos. Other characters making appearances in a game where they are not supposed to be. Uh, Naughty Dog They're has all... a tendency of putting like a, a treasure or a collectible or a, a whatever from previous games of theirs into the most recent games. So like, I think Last of Us Part Two, you could find like Nathan Drake's ring as like hmm. uh, something on like the ground. Um, in one of the Uncharted's, or, or I think maybe even multiple of the Uncharted's, you could get like the precursor artifact. It was like the orb from uh, uh, Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. And so those yeah, are always. They, fun. And they play. They play Crash in four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crash exactly. Bandicoot. Yeah. 
So it's like, it, I guess those aren't technically cameos because they're not characters, but it's it's a cool throwback or reference. I mean, they are. God of War Ragnarok had, mm-hmm. has a nod to almost every single PlayStation franchise similarly. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of PlayStation games have like a little, like I think Ghost of Tsushima had something like this. They'll have like a, a little like picture of another Sunday character somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's always really funny. It's not, I mean, everybody here brought up Mario RPG. We can talk about that in a second. But like the goofier Nintendo games that do that are really funny. And I think Link to the Past mm. is a really good one. And we've talked about that in the show. There's the Kirby enemy and it's just, I think it's called Bad Kirby or something. We looked it up on the show once here. It has like a really obvious name, but I thought that was great. There's, I, it, it's a little bit like the easy mode of this question is like sports games or fighting games, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, because then you end up with like Terminator and, you know, obviously Link and Soul Calibur and all the fighting game yeah. cameos. But my favorite is um, Kratos is playable in an everybody's golf game. No <laughs> I way. think Whoa. it's the PS3. Everybody's Golf <laughs> World Tour on the PS3, I believe. Oh and he's just there. he's just fully, he's just golfing. And like he uses his Blades of Chaos. It's got like a little ah. golf club on the end of it. And he's like swinging it. It's great. Love it's, that. Ju- it's just best. And like, I really like when they like, they, they go at like, when it doesn't feel like an afterthought, like it's all animated well and like looks good and it's like integrated into the game and it's just so weird and random and delightful. Mm. I in- think I know what the first game is with a cameo <clears throat> in it. Mm. Which one? In 1981 or two, it's hard to pin down when this game came out. There's a game from Namco called Kickman and the side art is like this horrible clown. It's really 70s and cool looking though. Like it's a cool looking game. It's basically a stack up puzzle game with like juggling balls and triangles and stuff. But Pac-Man is just one of them. It just oh. stacks up there. Mm-hmm. Although I guess no, no, yep. there's an earlier one because say. in Pac-Man the Gal- the Galaxian ship is yep. in, in Pac-Man. So That's what go. I was gonna say. The Galaxian. So those are some early ones. Galaxian flagship is in Pac-Man. And also, it's Hot Shots Golf Out of Bounds, where Kratos was a DLC guest golfer, <laughs> and yeah, he swings his Blades of Chaos. To hit the That's ball. hilarious. <laughs> Uh, whenever whenever there were like skins from other characters in games i would always sort of do those i remember i don't know if it's the first or the second tony hawk that you could play as spider-man mm. but i was always spider-man yeah. when i could that was a good one yeah i i have a tony hawk one too in either underground or underground 2 you can play a shrek <laughs> <laughs> no way just for no reason at all like it has nothing to do with anything and like tony like hawk has a long DreamWorks? history of for the I don't like it. Makes Shrek. no sense at all. Like why some sort of like co-marketing something? Um, and and like every like there that was in the era of Tony Hawk always had like weird stuff like that in it. That was just a total non sequitur. It's in yeah. Underground Two. He's in there to yes. promote the Shrek Two movie. So maybe they didn't have to pay for him. Right. Hmm. Uh, I feel like Rare had to do this sometimes. I just can't <laughs> put my finger on any of them. Hmm. Well, there's a bunch. There's like light ones from between Banjo Kazooie and Conquer. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I have some good examples. In Bad Dudes, there are several cameos. In the arcade game, you save Ronald Reagan. In the NES yeah. port, you save George H. W. Bush. And then, Sam, who's the first boss that you fight in Bad Dudes? It's Karnov, right? It's Karnov. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Turned, and then he, isn't... He, he was the hero of his own game, and now he's the first boss and... in Bad Dudes. Final Fight has some confusing Street Fighter cameos, right? It's like it, you fight Vega in it, but then Vega was added to Street Fighter, for example. Mm. And then... No, okay, yeah, that's right. But Final... It's very well, confusing. Wait, was Vega not originally a Street Fighter character? I, well, only, but Final well, Fight definitely not original. Street Fighter 2. Oh, 
I didn't. I guess I didn't put two. But but even still, Street Fighter, you could all, you couldn't choose the bosses mm. at first. Mm. You could only choose the World Warriors, and then the Champion Edition added. You could play as M Bison, Vega, and Balrog. Yes. Justin, in, is, go ahead. In Capcom's Dungeons and Dragons Tower of Doom, who is the innkeeper? Sure. Oh God, I don't know. It's is Mike it, Is it? What? Really? Why? <laughs> the mayor of Metro City is just the innkeeper in Tower of Doom. That's great. Yeah. There is. Um. There was. Uh. There was Monster Hunter DLC that had Geralt. Like it's a whole. I think. I mean, I'm not a Monhun guy, but like, I think it was like a whole campaign and everything. Like Geralt running around doing stuff. Pilot Wing 64. You know the reference? So you got Mario in the... Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I Mount Rushmore. Wow. But then if you shoot Mario's face, it turns into Wario. Huh. Oh, <laughs> Which cool. president is he, is he swapped out for there? Uh, or uh, Washington. Washington. Bush. I mean, it makes sense. He's the, he's the cornerstone of, of <clears throat> Nintendo characters. He's the first, you know? Yeah. They There's, they're about... famous for a hat is what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's good. What about going back to like, um, going back to like NBA Jam where like, I think mm-hmm. these are unauthorized, so I, so I don't know if up. these count. I want there's like you know you got like up. Bill Clinton. Yeah, I don't know who else. NBA Jam has a bunch of them, and I'm mad at everyone for I never knew this before. The Beastie Boys are playable in NBA Jam. <laughs> All three of them. All three of them, and I never knew this. All this time, I could have been playing as the Beastie Boys in a video game, and I had no idea. Huh? It's crazy. Is it some variant of it, or is it just in the core no, game? It, it's in the core game. It's just in there. It's like, and it's real. It wasn't a mod or anything. It's, it's awesome. crazy. I, I brought this to the office, but I have like a new JAMA setup, which is like a tabletop CRT monitor with um, a control panel. And then you just put in game, um, like giant PC boards, right? And I have NBA Jam. That's an expensive game. Like that comes yep. four or 500 bucks. And uh, I'll bring it to the office and see if I can sort out yeah. that uh, Beastie next, Boys. Could. Next time I'm there, I'm there. We got to play as the Beastie Boys. It's funny that so many Sounds U.S. Really presidents got brought up during this conversation. Yeah, well, like, they make a lot of cameos in games. I guess, Or at least right? they used to. I guess you don't have to pay for their <laughs> likeness, right? Yeah, well. Probably not. I don't know. Well, That's yeah. some dicey territory. <laughs> anyway, uh, in the arcade version of Punch-Out, who's in the audience? Yoshi? Oh. Right. No, the arcade, so it would be it would predated oh. Yoshi. Okay, okay, okay. Donkey uh, Kong Mario's is in the doing, Donkey Kong's in the audience. I was gonna say it's it's Donkey Kong, right? In yeah. the He's, arcade version of Punch Out. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. It's just a silhouette, though. It's kind of hard to see, right? No, it's pretty like obvious. Yeah, no, but it it, the crowd is packed. What do you imagine yeah. would happen in a packed boxing arena if people realized there was a gorilla in the audience? Yeah. But he's wearing a tie. He's civilized. <laughs> yeah, he's civilized. Exactly. <laughs> well. Maybe civilized, but to his credit, he his expression, he seems very concerned about what's happening in the ring. Almost like he doesn't yeah. know what boxing is, and he's like mm. concerned that these two men are battling each other. In his mind, though, well, I think he, he like wants to be in there. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Let me just point he, out that anybody can put a tie on a gorilla. It doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, I don't think he really got the tie until he turned into a nice guy, right? Like, that's a yeah, later edition. He's not, yeah, he's not wearing it in... There's a Donkey Kong game four feet away from me. One second. Okay. I, he's going like to go do some 64. research. We're doing some fact-checking you know? right now. I don't think he wears a tie. He has the Donkey tie Kong. in Donkey Kong Country, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, he naked. I don't know. He naked. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, uh, just a couple more. Contra Hardcore has a, a hidden boss named Belmont. Mm. And it's a robot <laughs> with a giant head. It doesn't look anything like Simon Belmont, but he has a whip. And the music that plays is a sped up version of, I think, Vampire Killer. Which, mm. It's one of the what tracks the from uh, Castlevania, yeah. What is, what is that supposed to be? I think that's actually Modoc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So that's a good one. Very and strange. I never knew this. Sam, did you know there's a cameo in E.T. for 2600? Hmm. You can turn... FBI so like, agents? You know, that game is a mystery. There's like items in the game and there's a flower. I don't know if you have to like carry mm. it places or just appear somewhere, but there's something you can do to turn the flower into the sprite of... Indiana Jones from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. It's exactly the same. Interesting. That's why What's amazing is that entire uh, that explains it. Yeah. That entire game is probably something like, you know, 2K of like code. It's like it's like it's like, you know, yeah, it's like 400 lines of code. It's the entire video game. And so turning that flower into Indiana Jones is like 5% of the game's yeah. code. Yeah. I like the idea of Howard Scott Warshaw like meeting Steven Spielberg and be like, "Did you see what I put in here? Look at this. Can you see what this is?" <laughs> Yeah, no, can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I told you guys about my Steven Spielberg watch through, and and it slowed down a little mm-hmm. bit. But the last oh. one I watched was ET, and I never watched it as a kid. Yeah. Actually, oh. um, it's a weird movie. It, I could see where all the uh, where all the agents at the end were they holding walkie talkies or guns? Oh, um, I think they were holding walkie talkies. Yeah. Was that the edit? Yeah, yeah that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just yeah it's a it's a it's a strange little uh, movie. It feels very Spielberg, very like childhood innocence type thing. Yeah. But like the whole like back and forth of like they have like this psychic connection goes from like and being then very Elliot cool. Can get drunk. That was the funniest part. Was basically like the kid gets hammered. Yeah. Because ET is <laughs> drinking beers back home, and then like he unleashes all the frogs, yeah. and then he like kisses the girl, and there's like the the film like yeah. like uh, match yeah. shot happening, yeah. and that was all really cool. But then they start like dying at the same, I guess spoilers for E.T., but they start dying at the same time and then they just don't die together and they don't really explain it. E.T. Yeah. basically just like severs the connection and then he, he dies and then he, he just comes back. They don't, I don't, do they actually explain that? It's been a long yeah, time. It's fine. It's magic. Yeah. Alien magic, Alien man. Magic. All right. All right. I guess they need he needed to have magic. his parents. His yeah. parents healed him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Coors tie-in was real. They had like Coors advertisements with ET and stuff. It was that is such yeah. a weird no, it, thing to. It do. was it was the eighties, so they were probably like, we drank Coors the whole time we made the film too. <laughs> we gotta get these kids. Young. Like every kid on set drank beer. What are you talking? About? <laughs> yeah, that's well, fine. They were kid sized beers. Uh, One child sized beer, please. <laughs> Just a couple more uh, in Fester's Quest. Oh. Bosses from Blaster Master appear as just regular enemies, huh. and it looks like the same sprite, which was giant mm-hmm. in Blaster Master, and now it's just they're just little. They're they're smaller than Fester. Do you think that's like an Easter egg, or were they like, oh shit, we forgot to put enemies in our game? <laughs> like, <laughs> or they just didn't have it's time like to write. Sunsoft being both Sunsoft chased games, by a bear. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last we got to get this Adams Family license game out. Why? <laughs> we just got to. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. It's like three years before the movie even came back in theaters. It just makes no sense. The last one is really good. Do you guys know about so the original Final Fantasy hmm. on NES? Mm-hmm. And you know about Here Lies Erdrich? Yeah, yes. yeah. For from Dragon Quest, Dragon yeah. Quest. Yeah. yeah. And then so, they changed it to Link. Well, is that what you're gonna Link say? In the Famicom version, 
and then when they just re-release yeah. the games. But there's some stuff to unpack here. So Erdrick, the hero from Dragon Quest, so it's a little a cheeky little nod from Square Soft saying, oh, we're going to bury the, the hero of our competitor. So I'll count that as a cameo because presumably Erdrick is there underneath the ground. Mm. But the mm-hmm. Link thing doesn't make any sense to me. Why is Squaresoft no. saying, like, they're not, they're completely different games. Is it Legend of Zelda and Final Fantasy? Why I mean, is Squaresoft trying to take a dig at Nintendo? That one, I don't think, I, I would have to assume that one's less of a dig and more of, like, just, uh, they're on the NES now, let's say a, a, a fantasy, you know, game for Maybe. Nintendo. It's, but the funny <laughs> thing is, b- before uh, the show, we were sort of just briefed on what, you know, some stuff was going to be, and we talked about, uh, Super Mario RPG specifically, and we were misremembering or, or we were conflicted on if it was Samus or Link sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both sleeping them, right? in that game. They're both. Um, mm-hmm. But then after you after you guys said that, I was like, oh, maybe Link was uh, in the grave because I remember him being in a grave. And now mm-hmm. that you said he was in the first Final Fantasy, I was like, that's what, that's what I that's was thinking, thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are some good video game cameos. That brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week is from the same Sean Canny of Pleasant Grove, Utah. Let the questioning begin. First, uh, are there any Avatar tickets sold in the last 45 minutes of speaking? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it'll be the third. It's going to surpass Titanic. You'd bet, like, did anybody think, James, like, the sequel was going to make over $2 billion at the box office? No, but you bet against James Cameron at your own peril, man. I'm telling you. I've been saying it for years. Are we on a winning streak, or did we have... No, it got interrupted for one week, right? Last week we won, though. Question 20. Mm -hmm. That counts as a streak. Yeah, this is streak number two. All right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Was this a console exclusive? No. Was this game released uh, in this century? Yes. Okay. Was this game developed in the United States? Yes. Okay. Is this game the start of a series? Yes. Hmm. Do you want to try is to- this game rated M for mature? No. That's five. I guess you've never really tried to... I've never been on a game where we tried to go that route. That's interesting. Um, hmm. Was this game released uh, in the year 2010 or later? Yes. Okay. Is this game playable on the Nintendo Switch? No. Was this game released during the PS4, Xbox One era? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Was the developer um, uh, uh, was it developed in Japan? No. No, we already know yeah. it was in the U.S. Yeah, we had the U.S. Okay. I'll, oh, the I'll... U.S. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. This is the question I really wanted to ask: Is this a game that was developed by Activision, EA? Or I need another one. In the U.S. Yeah. Uh, Ubi can be in. We already said Activision. Uh, Do they? Does Ubisoft have a studio in like L.A. or somewhere? Like I mostly think about them as being in like Montreal and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, Just was this developed by Ubi or EA or Activision? Yes. Oh. Okay. Great. Should we try to nail that one down even further? 
I don't know what that hesitation was. Maybe it's like a Blizzard game or like a, maybe it's like Candy Crush Saga, something like that, King. Something Activision-y. Mm. Okay. How many? What are we on now? Nine. Nine. Fine. It was, is first first of a game? series from Activision yeah. or EA is unusual for the PlayStation 4 generation. And it's, not, and it's not rated M. It could be Unravel. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a good one. Colin asked if this is an Activision game. Should I answer that? Sure. Yeah. Nope. Okay. So EA for sure. That's 10. Okay. Does so EA a unra- series that started then. Well, do we know it's part of a series? Our question was, is it the, the first, first in a series? Of a series. And he Did this yes. game get sequels? I think that's what I it means. That means. Otherwise, he would say no. Well, uh, would he? Well, yeah. I guess. He's done that before. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Do you know so, what we're talking about, Damon? Hmm. So, like, what we're debating, game, does that count as being the first in a series? What's that now? If it's like a one-off game, if it's the only game Still that's been made in a series, does that count as if you you said this is the first game in a series? <clears throat> would that have counted, or would to you would that mean th- that it's because if there's no sequels, is it the first in its series? I'd probably have to say no to that. Okay, okay. so so that means that it was the first game, and there is a series. Okay. So it's EA. It's within what was it? Was it the last ten years, or was yeah. it 2010 from now? 2010. To and now. we know it's on the PS4 generation. So it could still be Unravel. There was an Unravel 2. Oh, yeah, there was. Well, it wasn't yeah. that a console exclusive? Unravel 2 is Shadow Dropped. Oh, nice. Full circle. Wasn't if Unravel a, a console exclusive for Xbox? Was it? Uh, maybe at launch. I don't think long term. I mean, maybe not at launch. I don't really recall. I thought it was part of like the Xbox series. Um, uh, like a, a is this? Is this? Is this? Was this game released? Was this like a $60 full price game when it was released originally? Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So that eliminates any of the EA Indies or anything they were doing yeah. over the last 10 years. That's a good one. Man, or, I mean, there's Anthem, but games. Anthem didn't have any more games after it. Um, That's smart. It's not, it's not rated M. Yeah. EA. Um, uh, it oh, could be wait, Jedi Survivor type stuff. Yeah, Jedi. Yeah. Oh, this Survivor, is based on a license? Yes. So do we think okay, it so could fall be... So Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Is it a Star Wars? Yes. Okay. There couldn't be anything else, right? Because Battlefront, even though they rebooted it, that wouldn't have it been... It wasn't the first, the first of the series, yeah. but it could be. So it's gotta be. It could be that. We have enough questions. Um, do you play you as get, a character wait. named Cal Kestis in this game? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, is this game Star Wars Jedi... It is in 15. Nicely job. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. You know, I, I go ahead. The only hesitation was you asked if it's developed by EA. You know, developed by Respawn, but uh, yeah. sure. Sure. Fair. Yeah. Fun game. I think that I think um my favorite, not my favorite part about this game, but the thing that I really enjoy about this game is the little droid BD1. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. And then I think that out of new Star Wars, like some people really like the TV shows and like the movies. Some people don't. But like, I think it's undeniable that the droid game and all the rebooted Star Wars stuff has just been so on point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The Andor droid is so. Yeah. The Andor droid's so good. And the one in Rogue One is so good. And BB-8 so good. And then even the one in Episode Nine, that weird little tread droid is so good. Mm -hmm. They've all just been perfect. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
I'm excited because I, I, I really liked Fallen Order, mm -hmm. um, but it felt like maybe a slightly rushed, you know, to, 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 to get to market. Um, and, and not just- 10 years like, of the license. <laughs> yeah, right. And not just, uh, you know, from like a sort of a buggy standpoint, but you know, maybe it felt like a little bit limited in scope in certain ways and, 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 and just, you know, little things like that. I, I, I really loved the game, but yeah. it felt like a really good base mm -hmm. for something. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Fallen Order. I feel like it could be sort of mm -hmm. like blowing it out of the water, you know? Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. for that one. I think it's a great example of a game like Jedi Fallen Order is great. It got all kinds of praise and accolades, but it was like undeniably not quite like AAA, right? Like it didn't quite punch up to into this upper echelon that like those are my favorite kinds of games to get sequels where like mm. it was really good, but there was still a clear a lot to like build on. Yeah. Like like the the first Uncharted, like it it, it hasn't gone down in history, but Uncharted 2 certainly did, you know? Yep. yep. Anyway, nicely job. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Just as for a little insight into my weekly routine. The weekdays, the weeknights leading up to Thursday when we record Game Scoop, I feel like I should be playing games so I can talk about them on the show. Now, on Thursday nights, I like to watch a movie because uh, oh. the show's already been recorded. And my wife is out of town, so... Tonight, after I put the kids to, after I put the kids to bed, I'm gonna watch the Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was gonna suggest I was gonna suggest Hard Boiled. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> but didn't we talk about how you can't watch Hard Boiled anywhere right now? It's like impossible. I I, I found it on YouTube. <laughs> you, you'll want either a nice a nice European beer or a nice whiskey or both while watching that movie. You'll need it by the end of it because yeah. they they drink really beautifully bottled beers of different shades and stuff. It's so cool. Like the, mm. the pub is just so, <laughs> I just want to be there so bad when I watch it. It's like new, the Pelican Inn. New drinking game. Drink whenever they drink in Banshees of Inishirin. Well, and it's well, called getting I blackout do. drunk. I will be home. You would die. There's no one else there to help with the kids if they wake up. So you gotta, I need to stay. There's, an, there's another uh, uh, count you could make during that movie, but it'd be a spoiler. So I'm not going to oh, do it. Oh God. <laughs> A very specific number too. Well, I can't wait. I Damon can't wait will relate to it that. too. Okay, well, I'll, I'll share. I'll share my thoughts on that next week on our. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Curricular activities. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you to Colin. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to everyone working behind the scenes here in our LA office to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IG and Game Scoop and Rap.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.